You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you all for tuning in today. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, well, welcome. We hope that this is uh, something that you're like, man, this is pretty cool that you will like, share, rate, review, subscribe, all of those fine things that uh, help to get it out there. And if this is not your first time, welcome back to the Connoisseur's those that have been a a part of this process and uh, are enjoying this. So all the pleasantries out of the way, we are in the middle of our Morehouse Men series here. And I'll tell you what, it's been awesome connected with the boys from college, the men, pardon me, the men from college that have now grown to be uh, astute and well-balanced all around in general. It's been an amazing series, I'll tell you that. And today is going to be another continuation of that. Um, It's it's going to be a good conversation. I'm just going to leave it like that. So welcome to the podcast, Julian DeChazier. Welcome, sir. What's up? What's up, my brother? All right. So, you know, if Julian falls asleep halfway through this, it's because he is a uh, an orator that uh, brings the word on Sunday. And he was like, look, make this happen or I'm going to see you another day. And so we were able to pull this together. But no, it's going to be a great conversation. So we're just going to dive right into it. Have a good convo. And we'd love to hear y'all thoughts on the back end. So, Jew, oh, I'm sorry for each and every one of you guys. As you all know, everybody on our squad has nicknames. So I'm going to call him Jew. I'm going to call him Jay Quest. A couple of things in here so that you all aren't like, who else is he talking about? Jude, just give us a quick introduction about yourself, where you're from, who you are, and kind of what you do now. We're just going to kind of dig into your story after that. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Julian DeChazier, I'm a native Southsider, born and raised from Chicago, um, and I am now the pastor of university church in Chicago, right on the campus of the University of Chicago, uh, and have been doing that for 11 and a half years. Mm-hmm. But from far longer, I've been Jay Quest. I've been a songwriter, MC, and uh, that's that's been kind of a language that when I picked up, it saved my life, and mm-hmm. and I've been using it to, to continue to, to discover stuff about myself and the world around me, and so, yeah, I mean, that's that's like a very strange way of saying like, yeah, I'm in the music industry, you know, and because because that's the only good thing I have to say about it. You know, like there's nothing fun about the music industry, you know, so that's me. I'm, I'm an NDMC and uh, and and think I'm pretty dope, but also a pastor and a dad and husband and it feels like so many other things but you know they they all seem, they all feel like they're coming together for the that's first time up. in life that's what's up that's what's up so um there's a lot there and we're going to dive into it so several people uh well i was surprised but you know maybe you all should you know native chicagoans uh aren't 
but several of you guys made your way to Morehouse. How, how did you find out about Morehouse and how did you, you know, decide early on that or maybe not early on, but how did you decide that uh, that was the place that you were going to go to school? Yeah, so I, I probably will have to talk about how I decided I was going to college first. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. Because because Morehouse, once it was like I'm going to college, then all right, Morehouse, it was easy. Mm. You know, that that part came pretty easy. And you'll see you'll see what I mean. But like, I mean, I, w- I was, you know, I was raised in and watched Tim Park. And, and for folks who uh, know Chicago, that's South Side. It's just straight South Side. Um, and, and my family were, were full of hustlers. Uh, women who sold clothes and bags on Saturdays, you mm. know, um, my cousins were in the streets. Uh, I had other cousins who were like, they went to Whitney Young. They were super smart. They were like valedictorian, you know, they were like yeah. really dope humans, you know, and doing their thing. But I was like, re- as a, as a boy, I was like looking at my, my boy cousins who was like that, you know, they were they were in gangs. They were doing their thing. They had mm. they were listening to music. They had sounds. They had girls. They had. I was like, that's life right there. That's <laughs> that's gonna be ill. And pretty quickly, to their credit, um, you know, my cousin was like, Nah, you're not doing this. Stay in school. Like mm. he could look at me and tell, like, you not built for this, man. You not. Nah, you don't want this. Like you, I'm doing this. And this is a conversation he really had with me um, in like '96 when he got out of jail sat me down. I'm like, man, you know, teach me what you know. I'm in like seventh, eighth grade. He like, man, you're not doing this. Like mm. I did this. I had my fun and I realized that this is not the life I want. And it's definitely not the life I want you to have, you know, like go to school, lock in, do your thing, you know? Um, and, and so that helped how, how, he, his experience. How did you receive go that? Ahead. How did you receive that though? Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw it already because he had been in jail, you know, so yeah. I knew it. It was like, like I had seen the glory of it, but I had also seen how hard he worked. I had seen like, you know, when you, uh, I, I'd seen the other side of it than, than the rap record, you mm. know what I'm saying? So I had kind of seen like, oh man, this is, this look like hard work. You, you got, you looking over your shoulder all the time, you know, you the man, but like, this is this is scary, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and I could see his fear and his, you know, d- doing everything he could to take care of his family and all of that, you know, and just how much it costs a body to be in the streets. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I saw that. And so I was really appreciative because he didn't he wasn't like trying to that he wasn't trying to make that his legacy. That's good. He was like, no, nah, this is we going I did this. It's cool. But now we're going we're going to do something different. And you going to be a part of that. Like he kind of s- straightened me up, you know, and was like, it's going to be you, man. Like you're going to have to do that. You know what I'm saying? I was I was kind of like the next cousin up. Um, and so that was right before I went into high school, man. And and that was also around the time when like House Party 2 and Class Act and yeah. all like there were so many, all these movies that were making college look awesome and especially <laughs> black colleges, you know, like different world, all this stuff, like black college just looked like the most awesomest place in the world. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to lock in and really go there. And and that's what I did. I, I was, I was on my game French in school, man. And, and I, I put my head down and, and had a lot of fun, but I was all about like, I, I I always thought of myself as working towards something. It wasn't ever like, oh, we'll see what happens. It yeah. was like from freshman year of high school, it was like, 
no, we finna knock this out and then we're gonna go to college. Period. That did, was it. Did you know this? Um, did you know that something that you were working towards, or that was still yet to be defined? Well, I w- so I was playing baseball at that time as well, and was a, a, a very good baseball player. And so I thought that I was gonna go pro. Yeah. And so, and this this level of naivete is <laughs> French uh, and friends defines me. All right, like all my incredible moments, all of my like cringe moments in life are all defined by like this kid who, when he's doing it, really thinks like this is the thing to be doing right now. So like, so I really thought I was gonna be going pro, and 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 I was good, and and had. Um, scholarship offers you know in high school and had scouts uh come looking and so like I really thought that that was what I was going to do and I was content to do that the thing that I had that I'm so grateful for was I had a coach Marvin Freeman who was my high school coach but he also pitched for the Atlanta Braves oh wow and so he like sat all the good enough players down and kind of told us like if you want to do this here's what it looks like Mm. So it wasn't one of those like, hey, go for your dreams. You can do anything. But it also wasn't like, yo, you should quit here. It was like, look, here's your talent level. I'm going to tell you straight up. Here's your talent level. And if you really want to go do this, here's what the world ahead looks like. And when he described that for me, I was like, yeah, I kind of, no, I want to do something different now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it was like. Yeah, I don't want to be riding on buses in, through Iowa and Kansas, you know, uh, until maybe I'm 27, 28 years old mm. before I even get a peek at a chance, mm. you know, or something like that. And so around 17 or 18, I kind of let that dream go. And that was when I started to really listen to myself and, and pay attention to the world around me and say, like, so what do I what do I want to do? Like, how do I want to be in this world and what gifts do I have that I might want to develop or like what just feels like obvious that I would do, you know, and I had already had this this real passion for people, like advocate for people, helping people like the churches that had helped me and my family growing up when we were in need. Like it, that stuff changed me. You know, I, I would see uh, a church come and, and give some money and now we got groceries and now we got the lights on again or, you know, some I, I would see that and. And they weren't saying, oh, you got to join or, you know, you got to talk about Jesus like we do. It was just like, no, we're a part of the community, so we're going to help you out. You know, and that that really was sticking around with me even after baseball was gone. And so I knew that I wanted to be an advocate or helper for people. When I when I came to Morehouse, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, and again, naively, <laughs> didn't know what like, if you want to be a lawyer, you got to go to law school. And before you go to law school, you got to go to undergrad. Okay. So, and so when they were like, oh, you got to declare a major, I'm like, I don't even know what that law. I don't know. Right. What is like, and, and there would be other people like, oh, political science. You know, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I don't want to do that. I want to be a lawyer, though. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, law. And then, and then somebody pulled me aside and was like, yeah, so don't say that no more. And like, you sound <laughs> real dumb when you say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it might have been like Jeff Bennett or R.A. or somebody who it might have been Joe Carlos. So it just pulled me aside and was like, yeah, man, I can see you doing your thing. But like it's political science. That's if you want to do that. And so naturally, after hearing that and getting kind of my fire put, out, I was like, well, I don't want to do that no more. All right. So so I'm a business major now. You know, what I'm saying? yeah. <laughs> So, and, so, and by the time I got through the first semester, I, I knew I, it was sociology. You know, that, that's what it was going to be. But but all, all of this is a, a long way of saying that I 
once I knew that I wasn't going to play baseball, I wanted to help people. And because I was raised by a ton of women, I knew that I wanted to be, I wanted to see some, see what like black masculinity looked like. Mm. I really didn't have any examples outside of my cousin who was telling me like, yeah, this example right here, you, you're not doing this. You're going to go the other way. So, you know, and so th- this I, is, this is very interesting um, because I, I'll, I'll probably say this at this point in every interview that we've had amongst the team, I would have assumed it to be a little bit different. Right. Um, I know a lot of your music, you've spoken about, you know, your upbringing and things like that. Um, but those that know you now or even 10 years ago or 15 years ago probably would have thought me included that you had this thing mapped out from like, you know, elementary school castles, you know, that you knew that you was going to be out here helping people, you know, bring in some type of message of hope, right. To folks, but it's very interesting to kind of hear this, um, this ebb and flow of desire, um, or I don't even call it ebb and flow is probably like this, this interest and passion, and then a guidance to, to redirect or put you back on a certain path. Right. So like you said, on the streets, your cousin is like, nah, ain't gonna work that way. Right. And then baseball, and then another man sitting you down, like, Hey, if you want to do it, this is the the sacrifice that you're going to have to make. Um, and then kind of hear at your point, like, Hey, from a masculinity perspective, you know, all of those things, and even just even at, at Morehouse be kind of molded and directed. How, how do you feel that you, I want to say it this way. Most men can't take hard correction and not necessarily like a, you know, a, 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 a smack to the head or something like that, but more of a, oh, I know you got a dream, but here's a, here's a, a correction to what you think you're, like you said, you say you're naivete. How do you feel that you actually received that and made something out of it? Whereas many other men, boys, I would call it, take that and reject that, you know, but what do you think is, was different about you in that just more of an open mind or what? I, I have always been incredibly curious mm. about the world man. like, I mean, you can call it being a nerd, but I've just like, I'm going to pick up an excite. I was seven, six, eight years old picking up encyclopedias and just like, oh, what's going on over there? What's what's this country? China, what they do over there? You know, <laughs> like that's just always been me or I watched a random black and white movie far longer than you need to, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I'm just I'm just a very curious person True. and always want random knowledge and just give me some trivia, you know, like that's that's just me. Nothing makes me smile like that. And so. Like when when people put me on game, it feels like I'm getting like a key to life right now. That's good. Like I could pay for I could pay through experience for this information, or like somebody who's been through it could sit me down and say, "Yo, here's what here's how this works, mm. you know, and here's what you got to look out for." And in each of the lot moments in my life where I where I've like really had felt like I turned a corner, it was moments where people sat down and put me on game and were just like, this is what the streets is like. This is what professional baseball is like. This is what ministry is like. Mm. This is what uh, college is like. This is what fatherhood, marriage, all of that. You know, like I can name those moments where people have just been like, listen, let me tell you. And and, and I'll ask. Like, yeah. so nobody has to say like, oh, does he want the advice? Like, I'm, 
I mean, I'm quest for a reason. Like I'm mm. always searching. That's good. I'm always looking. Like like the the cement is always wet with me, man. That's like, good. For real, I am always trying to figure it out. Um, sometimes to a fault, but I think you know, trying to be uh, what we might call a lifelong learner is just me. Like I I think I might know this, but I know somebody knows it better than me. That's good. Or I know somebody can show it to me in a way that will make me doper at it once I go and do it. And so I'm I'm constantly behind the scenes. Like if I see somebody, this is funny. If if I see somebody who's doing their thing uh in the city, I like cold call them or email them like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm this kid, mm. you know, from who 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 just saw you, thinks you're dope. Can we get some time together? You know, can I get an hour with you?" That's how I met Jeremiah Wright. That's how our friendship uh, formed and all of that you know like just it's just me just reaching out and saying hey so uh you're you're like ridiculous with it you know that right <laughs> like but but also like I think I kind of want to do some of the stuff you're doing I feel myself called down your path I'm wondering if you got any wisdom for me you know like that's me all the time that's, that's good. me all day man that's good Ooh. all right all right so you jumped ahead a little bit but I want to I want to bounce back so Junior, senior year of high school, you're like, mm, I'm not going to go uh, be a roadie going through, you know, double A, triple A and all those types of things. And you are looking and deciding at school. Right. So what what does that look like and how do you determine um, what you want to do or where you want to go? I at that point, once I knew I wanted to go to college, like I said, because of some of the movies that I've seen. <laughs> feels weird to tell the story in retrospect like media <laughs> the the impact that media has had on me but this is real like i never saw like harvard and was like man i want to go there right. like I, I, I would look at harvard and be like man it looks super boring hmm. there like you know um and so i would i was always just looking at like the fraternity life and other stuff and like man that's that that looked like fun. Like that looks like when people say, Oh, go to college, live your life, have fun. Then, you know, grow up and be serious or whatever. Like, yeah, that's the path. So, and, and for me, I really like found Morehouse before I found any other place. That's good. Um, one, because I, you know, had was just around that age starting to get connected with my dad again. And so he actually took me to Morehouse once. So he took me on a, baseball college tour mm. like to go visit some of the places that had offered me scholarships and shout out to him he took me to stanford to see if i could walk on at stanford mm. um and so i went and visited all of these campuses and so you know i'm getting to see like harvard and stanford like i'm getting to see this and i know intellectually like i can i, I basically you know my family was good at letting me know that hey you you can go wherever you want yeah like so don't even think about that like you you smart enough to go wherever you decide you want to go so i kind of had that in my head too but after those baseball tours um he kind of snuck in morehouse at the <laughs> end it, like we went back to atlanta that's where he was living at the time I'm, i was in chicago and and um and he said, yeah, let's go over to Morehouse, you know. And when I went over there, he introduced me. This is These are the people who he introduced me to, like Massey. Mm. Um, and I didn't even know a college had a president. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So he like, oh, this is the president. I'm like, all right, cool, what's up, you know. Um, and and Darden yeah. and and Dean Carter. Like, he's introducing me to all the the guys yeah you know who carry morehouse in their body and so naturally man after about two hours of that i was like 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going here. Like, this is, I'm going here. Wait a minute. It's a dude buried in this thing? This, this obelisk? Is somebody buried here? Who is Howard Thurman? I went back to the crib, found out about Howard Thurman, and I was like, that's it. I'm going to Morehouse. That's like, what's up. And, and, and I'm going to say it. I filled out one college application. Wow. It was to Morehouse College. Wow. I knew I was going. Wow. I, 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 I People call it arrogance. Maybe it is, French. Mm. Maybe it is. I just knew I was going to Morehouse. That's what's up. And that was it. And when I got the letter, I was like, whew, I'm glad I'm actually going to Morehouse. Cause, <laughs> There's that naivete. Because I ain't go for nothing else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> criminal man and so like and so that was it man that was it like um and, and i've never regretted it i've never regretted it for a moment true all right so you you fill out one application uh you get accepted you make your way down and obviously you had been on campus before you know touring with your dad and you got like the um uh, backstage tour we're going to show you everybody and the headliners and all this type of stuff. But you get there now as um, as a, 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 you know, a freshman, incoming freshman, et cetera. Did, did you feel, you know, that first week or so or first couple of months that it lived up to what you had made it to be uh, initially? Or did it take time to, I would say, uh, solidify and for you to be reminded like, yeah, this is the right decision? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Immediately. I mean, re remember our NSO, New Student Orientation, we had like Sean King was yeah. our speaker. Yeah, I know. Um, he had me crying, dude. Like, <laughs> like, like he had me with like just tears in my eyes, just thinking about my life and that I had come to this point and that that now this was for a purpose and someone I was going to meet people and have experiences that were going to put me on the path I needed to be on like NSO like that man after welcome to the house I was done yeah I was like this is it yeah this is it yeah and it only helped to get get back to graves and and have you know these the conversations that we were having and to meet folks and you know what I'm saying I, I come down the hallway man you gotta remember French I like once I decided I was going to turn it on and, and do some awesome stuff, man, I really turned it on back at the crib. So I thought I was the man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I filled out one application. I got in. Scholarship. Like, what you going to tell me? Right. You know what I'm saying? And now I come in, and now it's like 40 people on the floor who did that and some more. Right. Like, you had, like, Glade, you had Glade plug-ins. <laughs> you, you remember that? You had the, va the vanilla Glade plug-ins. I'm like, this man... Got this room smelling incredible right now. Like, what am I doing? I don't smell like this. I need to. I need to get up on game. Like again, man. When I see people who doing their thing, I don't run from them. I run to them. That's good. You know what I'm saying? So y'all, that group of friends were like, I knew I like had this whole different worldview around religion and all that. That's you know, that's that's some of the cringeworthy stuff, you know. But like, <laughs> like I had that coming in, and y'all had totally different perspectives, and it just. I was so grateful for it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to hang out with preachers. Yeah. Because th those conversations were boring. Yeah. And all they talked about was church. Mm. I don't, like, I don't know enough about church to want to talk about it all the time. I'm not curious enough about it. Not enough happens there for me to be all locked into it. But, like, y'all, you know, with y'all, I could talk about this other love that I had. 
that the church didn't even care about. You That's know what I'm real. saying? Like, oh, Jay-Z or Nas. Right. Here, let's have a real conversation. Mm. Did Jay-Z get Nas or not? Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, and do that until 3 a.m. or talk about all these other things that really just like, it, I mean, it just changed me. It was just amazing to be around y'all. I can't say enough how every day I would go back into my room and just, uh, just thank God. Like, wow, this is... <laughs> Like I'm getting all that I asked for, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm, it, it, I'm getting all that I asked it, for it, more. It's so real because, um, and at times you forget about it, or or it, it slips into the recesses of the brain. But you know, every now and then, you know, you you know connect with some folks, you talk about some things, or you see something posted, and you realize the uniqueness and the um, indescribable. Um, interaction in spirit that's there right at morehouse it didn't matter what dorm you're in or yeah. you know what major yeah. you were it's holistically that you're just there and sometimes when you're in it I mean, just like anything else you're growing through you don't really understand what it is until you step out of yourself in some type of you know event some type of environment some you know job or something like that and you realize how much you have been prepared for the world Right. And it's been so interesting because I've had this conversation about um, HBCUs versus, you know, predominantly white institutions or traditionally white institutions. And, you know, oh, you're not really, really prepared for the world, et cetera. But, you know, I felt that shoot, even at the freshman year, I felt I could take on the world and not from a uh, <laughs> not from a spirit of, of uh, naivete or, you know, arrogance. It was like. Yo, they told me this is the things I need to do to be able to to show up. And it wasn't just classroom instruction. But like you said, it was, hey, I'm going to show you how to show up in a conversation amongst, you know, 10 other people who are just as educated or more educated than you and be able to hold your own. And right. so I thought right. that, that was just amazing. So I, I do you you <clears throat> you piddled it in there just a little bit about your dad, but going to Morehouse, your dad being there. How how did that relationship grow? And also, you know, you talked about the masculinity, right? As far as one of the things that you were desiring to get out of the experience. H how did those two things, I guess, help to uh, mature you through that process? And, you know, I mean, even for us, like seeing you get closer to your dad over the years that we were there and even post-graduation, like how was that? How did that provide to you, I guess, the counterbalance that you were looking for of saying, hey, masculinity, you know, fatherhood, all those types of things. But what was that like for you? Yeah, I, you know, and, and I wouldn't, I'll say that then and now I didn't think of it as like, oh, I didn't have a lot of men around. So now I need some men around. Yeah. Or I didn't have my dad around. So now I need my dad. It's always, it's always about like opportunities for me. And so it's like, Oh, well, your dad's here now and you have an opportunity to get to know him and vice versa. He has a chance to get to know you. Mm. And is that something you want? Because my mother, I mean, growing up, my mother never it was never no bitterness. Yeah. You know, she was always like, you know, here's the reality, son. <laughs> like some people, you know, uh, they some people love each other forever and most people don't. <laughs> uh, and and some people. Uh, before they stop liking each other, have a baby. Mm. That's the reality, you know. And and so he was never a deadbeat or nothing like that. He was, you know. Um, 
I just didn't really, I was neutral. Yeah. I was neutral to him. That's good. You know, I didn't know who he was. She was like, all right, if he not around, let's, we gonna build around who is around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's it. And so it was like, all right, he's there, you know, and if you ever want to build with him, I'll give you his number, whatever, you know? And so I think, I think if I have to be honest that the prospect of coming to Atlanta and getting a chance to meet this guy who was the other half of me was something that pulled me into Morehouse as well and made me say like, yeah, let's get, let's see what happens. You know, yeah. what could happen? Yeah. Um, I was very curious. I was very, very curious about that, man. And not only to know what had happened between them, but what could happen between us. That's good. Um, that was what I was more like, I wonder, you know, I wonder, I've, I've become this very dope human, <laughs> if I may say so myself, at 18 years old. You know, I've, I've, I'm fully formed at 18, so, you know, uh, and that's without him. What could I be with him? You know, that was my thinking. Such a dummy, man. But, um, but, but it was, it was, I was very curious about it. And so once I got down there, so now, my dad was, uh, I mean, we're kind of talking under it, but I don't mind just saying it. My dad eventually became the president of Morehouse. Yep. Um, and and we were, we had graduated by then, but he, he became the president of Morehouse for a few years. And before, when he was there, he was, the when we were there, he was the president of ITC, the seminary yep. that's a part of the AUC. Um, I didn't know what a seminary was or something. So I, I don't think I ever mentioned it to my friends because I didn't know what it was. It was like there's that school over he's, there. He's the president. <laughs> Again, I didn't know colleges had presidents. So it was like, all right, he's he, he does something and it's in religion. But it's it's like teaching, not preaching. But he preaches sometimes. I don't really know what's going on, but he down the street if we need him. <laughs> you know, that was kind of how it worked. Um, if we need to wash some clothes, you know, what I'm saying? Yep. we can go to his house and do that. Uh, and if and if I and every time I left him, he would you know, we would always have a pretty good conversation that always felt like there was more to say. Mm. Um, and he would always like drop like at least a couple twenty dollar bills in this cool handshake <laughs> that I've learned now <laughs> that like of how you give somebody some money in the dopest way possible. He would do that to me every time. And so I wanted to see him a lot. <laughs> I wanted to. I had a lot of incentive. <laughs> To try to to try to figure this thing out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I thought I figured oh, we man. might as well just be honest. You know what I'm saying? We would have these dope conversations, and every time I, I left the conversation, I felt like this dude is really wise. Mm. Like he did this kind of crazy, potentially shady thing. <laughs> You know, in '83, <laughs> but like this is not matching up with the dude I'm talking That's to now, up. who is like all always dropping dimes on me, is super supportive, is just like you know. So, so every conversation left me saying like, "Huh, let's see, let's see, let's see." And then when we got down there, you know, for real, for real, probably like middle of the sophomore year, I just looked at him one day. Uh, we will never forget the conversation. I just said, "What happened? Mm. Like, what happened?" Because who you are now is not, it's just not matching up. Something's, and I, and I would, I feel like if anybody should get that story, I should get That's it. That's good. And he told it to me, mm. you know, and, and I left it still wanting to be part of that relationship. That's what's up. And still wanting to develop it and grow from it and saw a lot of myself and some of the things that he did. And so it's been great to have that uh, friendship and, and to have a dad. 
man, because that's not something, you know, I, I can say that for probably the first 18 years of my life, uh, I didn't have one. That's good. And, and now I definitely have one. And so that's been really dope uh, to reconcile. And, you know, we, we're, we're on that process every day. Um, and yeah, there, there's a lot to that, yeah. but, and, and, and a lot of ways in which Morehouse, I don't want to hijack you. No, 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 this is, this uh, is, it ain't, but, this is good. Yeah, go ahead. I guess it's my interview, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say it's one of the things about Morehouse that, um, that, uh, hurt me the most mm. was that like. I got I got not only to see all all these different black people, you know, that's what everybody says about a black college. Like, oh, it's dope to meet all these different black people. I got to meet like upper class. I got to meet rich black folks. Yeah. Folks, folks who go to Martha's Vineyard and this thing called Jack and Jill, which I had never heard. Neither of, did I. You know, mm -hmm. and 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 was like. You know, I I had I'd started to make some connections with my dad and, you know, it was a part of that life, boule, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I, I started to build some resentment, man. Mm. I ain't gonna lie. Like I started to, to see how folks acted, how they acted with one another versus how they acted when they knew that you weren't a part of that group. Come on. Um, and I started to say like, man, I, no matter what happens, I always want the money that they have and the access that they have, but I'm never going to act like that. That's good. I'm never going to treat my people like that. You know what I'm saying? And I, and that's just my perspective from afar. So folks who were a part of that, you know, are like, no, we're not like that. Yeah, well, that, that was my experience. You know what I'm saying? That was my experience. You 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 know Jay better better than that, to know that I'm not judging you right now. I'm just telling you that that was my experience. And that like I that that experience hurt a lot of people who were middle class, lower class where I was, you know, and scrounging to to make it. And now that we got to the same place, the last thing I wanted to hear was that we were different. No, 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 fam. That's not that's not going to work. You might have a car fresh for a year. You might have a Beamer fresh for a year. But let me tell you something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. We the same. Yeah. We the same. And and I might have had to work harder to get here, but but you're not putting me down no more. And so that I think, you know, when I think back over my undergrad experience and the types of things that I wanted to do, some of them I was trying to respond to my dad mm. and that group of higher class crusty black folks who and and I wanted to say to them, I'm good enough too. Wow. And 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 you all's friendship, you all's friendship helped me see and kept me grounded to be like, man, forget them. Like, what you talking about? Like, like we we good. What are you talking about? And and that's how I felt all the time. Like, no, I'm definitely good enough. Wow. You know, I'm definitely good Th enough. This this is so good, right? Because I mean, it's a it's a part of it that has not yet been discussed on the podcast, not only in this series, but I will say amongst a lot of the other interviews, right, of the social economic strata in the black community and at times how we perpetuate some of the same things that we want to say we fight against, right? Um, and that's, that is a, a struggle, especially when you go to a place like Morehouse where you are around folks that 
you know, like you said, got cars freshman year, lux luxury cars freshman year. You know, senator sons and you know, and daughters as Spellman of senators, right, and Congress people and judges and all these types of things, and you know, understanding that hey, there is this great neutralizer, there's a great equalizer that we are now here on campus, going through NSO, getting waking up by the bell, like all these things, and we all have to kind of matriculate through it and be successful and make something of ourselves from it. And, you know, most do, some don't, but that's, you know, that's just a part of it. And so that's really good. I would, mm, I want to dig into that a little bit later at some other, you know, quest of the quest of <laughs> quest part two on that, but that's good. All right. All right. All right. So, um, what you do after Morehouse, right? So you got your major, you decide what you want to do. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens at the house that we all experience and things like that, but you graduate, you got the strong relationship with your dad. You kind of seen some of the things you want to do. Like, what's what happens after? I know, right? Because I'm like a sociology major, <laughs> and I have. <laughs> Speaking of naive, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> and I realized, like, oh, if if you want to do something with a sociology degree, you can go to school somewhere, right. you know, um, and and become a teacher, and you can teach sociology, you know, and 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 that path for me was just like it didn't it didn't bring me alive I, I really respected folks who did it uh but it, it wasn't a path that felt like it was for me and so I I kind of had two things in mind one was like I'm gonna go to a seminary now and start thinking about what ministry might look mm-hmm. like I, I, I at this point you know 22 years old I know like I can this public speaking thing will not be difficult for me like I know I can do this um and can make a living of it and like doing yeah. it um and so that was that was like all right that that's a potential uh i still didn't like preachers i still don't <laughs> and so it was like well i don't you know, am i gonna even want to be around the the field that i love so much like you know i didn't know that and so i really started thinking a lot more about music i was i was developing this skill but it was still kind of a hobby and and around senior year i was just like i'm gonna start seeing what this could be Mm. like i'm gonna try to make a project and put it out and so i put out 2020 and it has some uh some good records that got a really strong response in atlanta man that people were like yo like you can rap like let's go you know to say got a manager started really like doing gigs and stuff like that and this is while school is going yeah. on and so i would you know when it came crunch time like around spring semester you know i had applied to uh harvard and emory mm. divinity schools and so i was like all right i'll stay in atlanta or i'll go up to harvard um harvard was just harvard's just kind of a name that was there there was nothing compelling about it it was just like harvard right you know wh- where else you gonna go right <laughs> stuff like that um and so I wasn't really moved by that, but I had gotten into both. And and really, it was a conversation with somebody on the yard. I was telling them the options, kind of this conversation. And they were like, dude, you should go for it. Like, Harvard's going to be there. They, they've been there since the 1600s. Right. They ain't going nowhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if this window feels open on music to BJ Quest, like, go for it, man. And, and that's true. That, come on, man. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> What's going to happen? Who knows? Let's figure it out. You know, and and so 
Um, that was it. You know, at that point, I called Harvard and Emory. I said, you know, can I wait a, a year? Can I defer? And and they were like, yeah, go for it. And so, you know, after I graduated, I started performing. I was going hard. Um, and and for a couple years, you know, we had we we did in a couple years, we did a couple hundred shows. Nice. Man. We were performing, touring, going everywhere. It was going well, man. But I I just didn't know what next looked That's like. Good. You know, like it would, it was, and and I didn't really have anybody at that point to put me on game to say, if you want this, this, what you this is what it's gonna look like. Wow. Um, and so I kept doing it, but I also got home and did a gig at home and met a pastor, Ozzy Smith, who was also a professional saxophone player mm. and a pastor. And and growing up, th- this is another long story of how I kind of left my the church where I grew up, but. Um, I had always believed that you could only do one or the other. Okay. Like you can you can do music or you can do ministry. Yeah. You know, and and um and I had kind of chosen uh ministry. And then at, you know, senior year I chose music. <laughs> I said, "All right, we're going to do music." So I figured I was giving up any idea of or thought of doing ministry and I met him and saw him like preach and then play the saxophone. And he was just, he was somebody who, you know, Frenchman, you, you meet some people who sometimes it just feels like you're just being pulled towards That's them. That's good. Yeah. It's like, get to know this person. Like they could be in the middle of talking and you're just looking like, meet this person, say something to them, you know, or, or maybe that's just no, me, no, man. No, maybe I, I'm I just exactly. describing something that for me has been in my body. Like it's the feeling I've known in my body more than any other feeling. Like, just go talk to them. I don't know what's going to happen, but just go. And and that's what I did with him. And he said, yeah, you know, I'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, I do both. I love both. Um, and if you want to come here and work with our teenagers, you know what I'm saying, come work with them. So I became like their teen pastor. And then after a year, he was like, well, uh, you should go to seminary because mm. you got a talent for this. And, and if you want to do this, that's got to be the next step. And so I was like, all right, well, how much does it cost? Don't worry about it. You're going to work for us. We're going to pay for oh, seminary. That's and that's what happened. Co- Covenant United Church paid for me to go to seminary. I was their team pastor. And and I haven't been the same since, man. Like, I went to the University of Chicago uh, for seminary. And as I was graduating, as I was graduating, there was a church that was on the corner that I had walked past a thousand times. Mm. Um, and that they came to the school and said, Hey, we looking for somebody to be our pastor. You know, we, we're an arts church. We're a justice church. They like the way that they talked about religion was very different than I had heard, uh, coming up. And I was like, I was very interested by that. And so I just went over there, had a conversation with them and I've been pastoring that church for 11 and a half years now. So this, this um, is interesting. So looking at this arc, right. Of, you know, pre-college all the way through right and just from my own perspective and knowledge of knowing you it always seems it has always seemed to me that one you had a way with words and you had a passion to communicate um do you feel that that where do you feel that that came from right i mean was it just something that was innate in you or nurtured it was a defense mechanism (laughs) okay yeah, I'd I'd had man, I'd had a really tough childhood, man. Uh, you know, my mother went through a marriage that failed spectacularly, mm. um, and 
and left a lot of carnage in its wake, man. Um, and so our family, in a lot of ways, had been torn apart. And uh, I didn't want to talk about how I felt. Mm. I didn't want to talk about me at all. Mm. I just wanted to put my head down, do my thing, and if I had gifts to share with the world, just sh- share them and keep it moving. I had kind of made a decision at like 14, 15, I was never going to talk about myself. Wow. Um, like I was just, I didn't need to talk about it. I had made it through it, you know? And so the opportunity to talk about Jesus or the state of the community in the world was like, yes, we can talk about those forever mm. and never need to talk about me. You know what I'm saying? So I came in, as as you know, yeah. as a freshman, on fire yeah. to talk about <laughs> religion and all this other kind of stuff I ain't know nothing about. And and never, never was like, I, me, let's talk about what's going on with me. I was glad to sit down. Oh, you got something going on? All right, let's, t- let's chop it up. You know what I'm saying? So I quickly became... A spiritual advisor, you know what I'm saying for for the campus, <laughs> yes. for the campus. Yes. Just as a dude who was like, man, that dude's just cool. Like you could just talk to him. He's not gonna preach at you. Like he just, you know, like this is just a good dude who who can who you can share your stuff with, and and he'll drop a little game on you, whatever. You know, like this is just a good dude. Um, and and I I grew comfortable in that reputation, and really just said, all right, this is gonna be me, man. It wasn't until it wasn't until probably like marriage or, you know, in the middle of pastoring where it was like, you can't have all these relationships where like you're giving to them. Mm. The best relationships are the ones that are mutual where, you know what I'm saying? You're giving and receiving like y'all are feeding each other at the table. And when I went and looked back at what kind of relationships have I had like that in my life? I had Morehouse, this group of guys at Morehouse, that was that. Um, I had, you know, family. I had different relationships and stuff where it felt like, man, this is is what I want the rest of my life to look like, of me sharing and not just dropping dimes on people or something like that, you know. And so so I've, I've always wanted to be a public speaker because it was a defense mechanism. And that's just the most honest thing in the world, man. It's just easier to talk about somebody else than myself. So, um, and now I do it because there's there there feels like real value in what I can bring to it, you know. So that this is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect segue because I wanted to ask about your you know new for fifty two, right? So folks that follow you on social weekly, you're dropping dimes on there, right? So much so, I'm like, man, I'm just gonna have to take off my do rag and talk like you here, but. Like, <laughs> we need the new right, <laughs> where, where did that come from? Where did New from 52 come from? And, you know, I don't want to say what's the vision with it, but how, how did you feel that, hey, now I need to say this and not just on a Sunday morning in, from the platform? Yeah, mo- most of the things that I try are, and, and I really say, try instead of do um because i just notice stuff and i'll notice it and then be like hmm so what's possible Mm. here what can we do here because of this and one of the things that i notice is that nobody really listens to 45 minute sermons anymore (laughs) um 
like or 20 minute service or 10 minute service or you know or any sermons if they feel like they're being preached That's at good. but people all day are like on the internet and like grasping towards people who they feel like they can talk to who feel accessible to them who they feel like they can be in relationship with like i was just watching that in myself or seeing it in other and and just the behavior of social media and so i was just like well if i think i have something interesting to say about religion and this project called life uh, this experiment that we're all engaging in then how would i share that with folks in a way that is how people receive stuff right now and almost instantly it was like oh well you can do records yeah. which i'm still yep. doing um and if you're gonna do music cool there you know there's a way to do that and then if you're gonna speak to people you're gonna have to do something different mm. and so i just i'm just trying this yeah. of just like and it started kind of as like i'm gonna take five minutes that didn't make it into my sermon on sunday okay. Um, and then just do it here. And people started responding to it. And I was like, well, I'm going to get them something different from the sermon. I'm gonna, like, this is going to be a whole, this is going to be like advice I give myself. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like my journal out loud. You know, it's going to be my experience of living and questioning and noticing different kinds of things. Like I, the, the last thing I want to fe feel like or come off as is like the, the wise old man who knows everything, like, listen to me, and you're going to get your life together. It's, it's more like, yo, every week, that's why it's New 52, it's like every week we're going to get another thing to think about and maybe try this week. And if we try it at the end, we might find ourselves in a place we weren't before. We might find ourselves uh, grown up a little bit more, feeling a little bit more mature, capable for the world around us. That's all I try to do, man. It's more for me than anything else, and I try to do it I keep it spontaneous so that it doesn't need to be polished. It can just be authentic. Like just me share a story, drop something and, and go, that's you know, good. and that's it. That's good. So <clears throat> one thing you said kind of in the explanation is interesting. You say, you know, you don't want to be the wise old man, uh, you know, saying, Hey, this is how you live your life. Um, but your life has been, uh, I'm trying to write, find the best word here. Cause I know you're a wordsmith. Your life has been impacted so much by wise old men, right? And 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 old, not necessarily in age, but old in experience, right? And so, how how do you uh, juxtapose one wanting to remain connected and relevant, but also with all of the experience and knowledge that you have? How how are you finding yourself if you have had the opportunity? to be that cousin, that coach, that pastor that um, has been able to help other people at those crossroads of life? I think for me, it's more, it's, it's just like, like when I say wise old man, I just mean, I don't want to be somebody who people feel like they can't approach or access, mm. where it's like the only way for me to engage with Jay is to listen to him. <laughs> from afar <laughs> and to do what he says you know which is which is a vibe that pastors give off sometimes yeah. that can be very off-putting for me it's like i don't want to be the resident expert that's good you know 
I want to be somebody who, if, who, when you listen to me, you feel like he's on the journey with me, and and he he got he he's paying attention in a different kind of way. So I want to kind of hear his insights on this thing. Uh, but ultimately, he and I are in this together. Yeah. Um, he's no better than me. He's not, you know, like th- it's authentic. What you hear on Sunday is the same thing you hear on Monday is the same thing you hear right now. These are all just extensions of my voice, you know, and so. I've just, man, I've been searching my whole life to try to just find my voice and find spaces where that voice can thrive. That's good. That's it. Like, instead of getting in a space where it's like, oh, your voice needs to be this in order for you to thrive, or you need to do it like this in order to thrive. And, and like, no, I, I need to be in a space where I can be me and thrive. Because if that if I can't be me, then no matter how much success I get, I can switch up how I do my videos and get get the likes cracking yeah. you know what i'm saying get the computers putin you <laughs> feel me but as soon as that happens now i have to be that mm. and now okay i might get get a little bit a little bit more paper on the side for doing this and that or whatever but now i'm miserable because i'm not me i fought to be me french like <laughs> and so i'm i'm just trying to keep that and i feel like if i have anything to offer in the journey i'm glad to do that whether it's at the church on the record on on social media whatever you know what i'm saying in person you know like let's go that's good i got a lot more but this you 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 put a bow on it y'all are y'all fellas are good at putting bows on things here um hey french man let me say this do not do not put an outro that is not jay question <laughs> you feel me because you already introed with that royalty-free salsa music. <laughs> Trap salsa that you had there. And if you go out. Oh, I got it. And it ain't I, a J-Quest record, man. I'm, I'm a, I got, we we going to have I'm problems. Play, I'm going to play I'm one say. of my favorite ones from Lemonade. So when I put, when I do. That's all I'm going to say, when I, when I do the post-edit. When I put the outro, y'all going to hear stuff from Lemonade, which y'all, you know, is available on all your, your, uh, all your um, streaming platforms. That one can download there. Um, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, so question. My last question here. What's next, right? As you said, you are, you know, have fought so hard to have your voice, right? And to be authentically you and be able to connect and be and share, right? And have made this evolution to being able to not just talk about other things, but also talk about yourself. What's next for Quest? Yeah, I want to, I, th- I think... In some ways, I feel like um, the amount that I'm talking right now and sharing my words is as much as I want to. <laughs> and so I'll keep doing that. But but I want to put more records out like I got I feel like I got some some heat out True. here that people need to hear and that people are starting to get to know me from only one side. Like, no, nah, no, nah, you got You got to get to know Quest. You know what I'm saying? So so I feel like that's going to come pretty soon. I had a very interesting experience, which I'll try to keep to 30 seconds here. Um the, sh- the the show 61st Street, which is on AMC, as we're talking, um, shot in Chicago. Uh, a great friend is the executive producer. And so I had an opportunity to go into the writer's room um, and and help them think about a particular plot mm. line. Um, 
and I've just been released from the NDA now that the show is out, so I can actually <laughs> say this out loud. But so I was in the writer's room. I was helping them. And when I was in there and, and you know, Clark and Will are ri- brilliant writers and stuff. And so I, I'd already had a sense of it. Um, but when I was in there, I was like, man, this is really interesting. Like this is this kind of story, being able to do the storytelling in this way, because I'm a storyteller in different kinds yeah. of ways. But that that lit a fire in me. Um so I'm not going to say, oh, what's next is a TV show. Like, no, but but what's next is me exploring that a little okay. more. I'm I'm getting pu- I'm getting pulled towards people who I'm seeing doing their thing, including Clark and Will, yep. you know, yep. and to have conversations with them and to say like, yo, if I wanted to do this, what <laughs> talk to me here. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? You know, so so that again somebody wise can drop some game on me so i'm kind of at that space with writing and and that kind of media um and i wonder what's there i'm just wondering man my whole life is just about like hmm it's like the hmm emoji (laughs) in real life like color and everything i'm as yellow as that thing too and so like that's my life that that emoji and so i'm kind of there but it's definitely gonna be a lot more music and uh, continue to try to to grow the base and, and the folks who are listening and already experiencing me already. And so uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, this is a good dude, like, thank you. Share it with somebody, <laughs> would you, please? Exactly. Appreciate you. I need you. <laughs> I need you. And I'm not buying followers because you know that's hey, what people man. do, right? If I get, I'm if not I buying get one likes. more person. I'm not, I'm not doing it. If I get it. one more person, tag me on something talking about, you know, I can grow your followers. I'm like, look, I got the 352 I got now. That's what I got. We, we, it, you get what you get, and it, and it grows how it grows when you try your best, man. But I've, I, I've seen it because I know a lot of MCs in Chicago, too, who are doing their thing in, in music, and they're miserable. Yeah. Like, once you get there, there's no escape. Like, you have to live up to mm. that. That's who you are now. And so it's, it becomes this kind of inescapable wheel of doing <laughs> and 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 success and so um or maybe i'm afraid of success because then i'll become a, a jack and jill <laughs> negro too you know i don't know you know what i'm saying but we gonna we gonna figure this thing out together and i love all of y'all and 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 if you got a way where you can put me on game because i just said something <laughs> ignorant hit me up let's talk like for real because i love you and I promise you, whatever you get from me, I'm getting more from you. I promise you that. Thank you, Jew. This is awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I love, I love you, man. you, too. All right. If, if people want to get in touch with you, right, people want to follow you, want to get on game, um, how, how can they connect? Pure Quest. Pure K West. And uh, J Quest is J dot K W E S T. On all the social media things. I'm also part of the group Verbal Quests. When Breathe Easy decides to jump in, then we become Verbal Quests. And um, and we put out an album and a short film yep. last year that uh, that I would, I would give to my kids, Love Quest. And I would say to them, this is your dad trying his best. This is what that sounds That's what's like. Up. I would give him lemonade and say, this is what his best at that moment sounds like. So I'm proud of those projects. I think you'll get a lot out of them. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. That's what's up. Well, we thank each and every one of you all for tuning in today and listening to this episode. I hope that you all 
had such a great time just like I did. I'm over here wheezing a little bit because I'm laughing so hard. We appreciate Jew and all of the Morehouse men that have been a part of this series. There's going to be a part two of this when we all congeal together down at Morehouse. We going live with it. It's going to be unabridged, unedited. We just going to sit around and live at live homecoming. At home we coming. going live at homecoming. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so we're going to have some good times down there. So I know you all are looking forward to more of these conversations and even more um, unpolished ones that we go from there. So I appreciate each and every one of you all. Again, if this is your first time tuning in, we'd love for you to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, follow. All of those things helps us to know uh, that you're liking the content, but also uh, sharing it is caring. Um, Additionally, beyond that, we're going to have a little nice little extended outro here. So I want you all to enjoy the music. He already told you this is from his album Lemonade. I ain't going to tell y'all which one it is yet because I have like all the tracks I love. I'm probably going to play 15 years ago, but because um, of that, that, the beat just hit on there. But we're going to go from there. I thank you all for tuning in and we will see you all after a while. Nope. <laughs> Cause he 
straight yeah. And he don't like album number eight yeah. And I'm on like album number three yeah. And most ain't even heard what I made nope. And he deserved to calling him great When he got cheese, but I'm still great Ting, <laughs> great things Come on. I swear that I'm ready, you hit me and know that I'm ready My flow is too heavy, you need a machete to cut me Feel like I'm starting a gang, I'm joining on Laney Langley, how they gon' cut me? And my story bored, my story was Cause my story ugly But God love me Y'all don't love me 15 years ago 15, 15 years ago 15 years ago 15, 15 years ago 15 years ago 15, 15 years ago 15 years ago 15, 15 years ago